Hello, friends. Welcome to Cinephile Saturday. Thank you for, for listening. The way that I pick films for Cinephile Saturday is I post, I make a post in the club on our forums, which is at pagechewing.com, and anyone can sign up to join me for the discussion. Uh, some weeks we have signups and some weeks we don't. And in, in those cases, uh, it is a solo episode with just me. And this week is one of those instances. So let me first start out by saying this is going to be a tough, <laughs> a tough episode for me. It's tough because I like Zack. I like Zack Snyder. I, I think he needs someone to hold him back sometimes from kind of just like to save him from himself. I think he has some really good ideas. He he sets up scenes very well. His cinematography is really cool. I like the experimental stuff he does. I know Army of the Dead had a, a weird. You know the focus was always you know everything with. The, the different lenses he used was was intentionally to create that effect where the foreground was in, in, in focus and the background wasn't. And and it, I, I see a lot of, even like sports, sports uses that now. It's a lot of football games use that, NFL football, um, American football, use that, that type of, you know, foreground in focus, background out of focus. It seems like it, he, he's visionary. I think he, he has a great eye for visuals. The problem he has, in my opinion, and I don't, obviously I don't know, but I think just someone needs to be there to kind of pull him back and say, okay, like, let's, let's calm down a little bit. So when I heard about, you know, the Snyder cut, I was one of those people pushing for the Snyder cut. I like the Snyder cut of Justice League. I think it is a far superior film. I love Man of Steel. I love, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman, the the director's cut or the ultimate cut or whatever is much better than the theatrical. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, I like other films he's done. I think he, he has some really good ideas. So when I heard about rebel moon, I was excited. I thought maybe this will be something he can just kind of let loose and and do his thing. And, and maybe he can pull it off. Oh, this is going to be tough. So, Rebel Moon was originally a script for Star Wars that was submitted to Disney, and Disney passed on it. Kathleen Kennedy and Disney passed on it, and the idea was for Zack Snyder to create his own universe, his own world, his own space opera. Netflix gave him a bunch of money, I'm not even sure how much, and let him do his thing. And no one was there to hold him back. Now, Robo Moon, for those of you who have seen it, I'm about to spoil everything. It's a it's about a settlement, a farming settlement on a moon that is visited by this imperial force, basically the Empire from Star Wars, and they they threaten their their way of life and their lives. And the crops that they were growing are there now this empire's crops, so that everyone's gonna starve. They're basically, you know, they're they're in servitude forever. So our main character that we know very little about, which is Cora, we learn, uh, you know, she starts to fight back and we slowly learn about her past and her, you know, we, we learn that she was a child, her, her planet was attacked, her family was killed and, and the, the general, the, the leader of this army took her in and instead of killing her, made her his apprentice. She grows into this into this role and she becomes this you know this basically this you know really badass soldier that does all the bidding for this empire 
Well, she leaves. She ends up escaping, and she finds herself on this on this distant planet with these farmers. And now she's faced with having to fight back against the same people she used to serve. And the way that we find out about her past is through some really awful exposition dumps, these info dumps, these monologues that are just really, really bad. Just a few minutes in, she gives us this <laughs> this monologue about her past, how, how she was, you know, how love was a was a weakness, and it's just like, what? Like, you can tell us, you can give us this information in a different way. You can give us this information in flashbacks or other ways that you don't have to have the character just spill it out for us. It's almost like you you just can't you. There's too much focus on other things and not enough focus on the characters. And we when we do learn about the characters, it's it's through some really bad execution. So I think the ideas here are good, but the execution is really bad. Um, you know, going back to even Dawn of the Dead, when Snyder was, he was, you know, the, his style was still new. He had some really great slow motion scenes. You know, there's a scene where the zombies are attacking and, and they're using a shotgun and the shells hit the floor. It was cool. It was neat. It was new. 20 years later, it's not so cool anymore. I mean, I, I get you're in love with slow motion. You're in love with slowing things down to create this, the suspense, this tension, but there's slow motion in this film so often that it just doesn't have the impact. It just, it just, it's just annoying. Sometimes during action scenes, it's better to let it play out and to let the action feel fast and dangerous when everything is slow is in slow motion nothing nothing feels significant it doesn't feel impactful it just feels like it's a you're just kind of showing off and a lot of yelling too during these scenes somebody someone charges in and they they yell or they have their you know their mouths open it's it's just so bad and you don't because of these exposition dumps from these characters and the way that we learn about them you don't care about any of them because right off the bat we're thrown into this conflict. We're thrown into all these things, all this, all this combat, all this backstory. You don't get to, you don't have a minute to just latch onto any character. You just don't care about any of them. And it's unfortunate because there's some really solid actors here that have done good work in other films. And they're just not good. <laughs> not good. Uh, you know, I think the, the one person who stood out to me in this one was Charlie Hunnam. And when Charlie Hunnam is your standout, nothing against Charlie Hunnam. I think he's he has his moments in, in certain roles. When he's your standout, you're in trouble, especially in a movie like this, because he doesn't have that big of a role. He has a, a pretty, pretty sizable role, but he's not, you know, he's not our main pro- protagonist or antagonist. So you're in trouble if that's who your standout is. Oh, man, there is... There are some really good visuals. There are some really good characters, some really good um, creatures. Like there's a spider played by Jenna Malone that was really neat. Again, the execution was really bad. Because we were traveling around the around the universe with Korra, she's basically recruiting people to come and join her cause to fight against the Imperial Empire. Um, we, She picks up, she's basically building an army. And... Each character, each character that she finds is just a, a carbon copy of another character, like Turok. 
is it's T A R A K, and it's basically Turok. <laughs> For those of you who are familiar with Turok, the dinosaur hunter, it's basically him. And there's a scene of him riding a griffin that is really neat, but it's slowed down so much that it's, again, there all these scenes with the sun in the background that the character flies through, it covers the sun and is jumping. And it's just every scene has this kind of effect on it. And I thought I was, it at times it was like, even J.J. Abrams didn't have this many lens flares in his movies. And he's known for his lens flares. It became a, a you know, like a, like a joke. But there was even more lens flares here than a J.J. Abrams movie in his heyday of lens flares. It's just really disappointing. Um, you know, the characters, we don't, we don't learn much about them. They're all carbon copies of other characters we've, we've seen before. You don't have enough time with them. The focus is more on creating these really neat action scenes and creating these visuals and creating these lighting effects and setup that that's where the focus seems to be instead of on the characters and instead of on the story. And that just, it's, you can basically watch this film on mute and it's better than watching it with sound. Now I also hear in typical Zack Snyder fashion that the director's cut will be released when part two will be released of, of rebel moon. And I hope that's better. I hope there's less slow-mo in it. I hope there's some changes because this was two hours and 17 minutes, I think, of, it, it was it was painful. And if not for this episode I had to record, I may have just not watched it. I would have, may have not just, just stop and just do something else because it was, it was pretty bad. You know, I'm one of those people, like I said, I'm a Zack Snyder fan. I think he has some really good work. I think he has his moments. This wasn't one of them. And it pains me to say it because I had some high hopes for this one. And there's some... There's like I said, there's just some some setup for some visuals with some, some things that just like the end scene with the robot with Jimmy. What what like this robot shows up, voiced by Anthony Hopkins, in the beginning, and then you don't see him until the very end, and he's just wearing like some horns, standing there just like hanging out. It's like okay, <laughs> it's just it's like things are just set up to to create these striking visuals instead of using the story to create those visuals, using the st- leaning on the story and the, the characters to create these scenes, to create these impactful moments instead of using really cool visuals, instead of using slow motion, instead of using your color correction, instead of using, you know, your lighting, your lens flares and your, your setup. It, it just, that just doesn't make things, you, you don't care. Like we need something to latch onto. We need a good story, a good characters that we can, we can kind of, you know, latch onto, we can relate with. That just wasn't the case here. And it's really disappointing. And I know they spent a lot of money on this film. I, I'm not, I think they spent quite a bit. Some of the effects just aren't very good. Some of the backdrops, the landscapes just look really bad. And it's just such a bummer. It's just such a disappointment. I'm really disappointed. Uh, even some of the, there's some really like Ray Fisher's character. Darian Bloodaxe, he comes in at the end, he has a moment, and then he's gone. And it just seems strange to me, someone who you would think would be around for part two at least, is gone. And again, his, Ray Fisher's character, Darian's moment, didn't have any any weight, because it wasn't earned. It, it wasn't, nothing was done to set that up, 
to create that moment of his death, like it was meaningful or like he was there and then five or 10 minutes later, he's dead. And there's no, there's no, no weight. And there's, there's nothing that the built to that moment. It doesn't mean anything. It's just another disposable character. It's just another a carbon copy of another character that's dead. Other than me wanting to see more Ray Fisher, I didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't care. Now, the antagonist I thought was okay. Um, you know, at screen, Atticus Noble, I thought he did an all right job. He's a little over the top, uh, but he was okay. Gunner, who was uh, Michael Hoosman, uh, I probably mispronounced his name, he, and we're talking about uh, the, the farmer, he just wasn't very good in this one either. And I think, I wonder how hard it is to, to record it, to film with a blue screen or with a green screen the entire time. And I wonder if this takes some of the actors out of it. I wonder if they have a hard time getting into their role when they're constantly filming against a green screen. Cause I'm sure they did that on this, on this film. So maybe that's hard for some of them to, to kind of get into their role when they're just on the green screen the entire time. And when you depend on that for everything, it, you, it's noticeable. You can, you can see it. It's just not, like I said, just didn't have any weight to any of it. I just didn't care about any of the characters. They're cool screenshots. They're cool, you know, they're cool stills to post on social media for, to build, you know, to build anticipation, to build, wow, I want to see that. Because there's some, some, some screenshots that were posted on Vero by Snyder that I thought was really neat. You know, the trailer I thought was pretty good. I was excited for the trailer. I thought the trailer was good. It did look like a, like a Star Wars knockoff, but you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, most, most films, most stories that are in this vein are, are Star Wars knockoffs, but wow, what a disappointment. Um, I do plan to watch the director's cut just because I'm curious to see it can't be that bad. It can't be as bad as this. And I'll probably watch part two just to see what happens with it. Just to, to kind of, you know, just to see where it, where it goes. I'm, I don't know. Am I just setting myself for punishment with, <laughs> with part two? I kind of feel like I'm setting myself up for disappointment because this was a, such a, such a disappointment. I was so bummed out. I almost didn't finish it. There was moments when we're supposed to be serious that I just found myself laughing because it's, it's just all the, like I said, all these moments, this dialogue that's set up, these character interactions that you know are supposed to feel like these epic moments were laughable because you just, it's, it just seems like epic moment after epic moment after epic. And it's, you have to have, there has to be some kind of, you can't have jump from one epic moment to another one. There has to be set up. There has to, you have to build to those moments. You have to earn those moments. None of those moments felt epic. It felt like a joke because they weren't earned at all. Nothing was gone in. Nothing was put into them to, to make you feel like, wow, this is like a big moment. It just felt like a joke. And it's so disappointing for so much talent to go into this. And like I said at the beginning, I think someone needs to be there to, to kind of get Zack Snyder and be like, okay, like, let me help you with this. Like, let's, 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 let's pull back a little bit. Sometimes less is more. And someone needs to be there for him. I, I hope he finds someone who can just pull him back and, and get him to just calm down a little bit because this one had some potential. I thought this had some, 
some potential to be really good and it just wasn't and it's such it's such a bummer it's so bad uh i had i'd read all the i'd read some a couple of reviews before going into it and i thought everybody hates like a lot of people hate snyder movies that i end up loving like when watchmen was released i loved watchmen i still love watchmen i think it's fantastic and a lot of people hated it and now people are coming around to it i think people are appreciating that film more now but at the time everyone hated it people hated batman versus superman they hated Oh gosh, they hit a man of steel. I mean, everyone likes to likes to dump on Zack Snyder. So I thought this just a, it's just Snyder. Like it can't be that bad. But sadly, it was that bad. <laughs> it really was. And I'm so disappointed by it. Um I think the only movie that was that was if I remember right loved by critics and by uh by the audience was like 300. And since then, I kind of feel like people have it out for him, and I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm not sure why he he gets so much hate, because I, I do think he's done some good work, but this this wasn't one of them, and I I it kind of worries me that he won't have a chance to do something else on his own that may be good someday because he, he for him to his his movies have to have those effects have to have he needs that flair that's his signature and he needs money to do that he needs someone to 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 give him money to create these you know these these backdrops or these effects or this the um these really fantastic shots that he he he, he's in for he can't do it he can't he's not an indie filmmaker he can't he can't create his he can't make his vision come to life without money without someone funding him without giving him a pile of cash and saying here make create your film because with this one, I worry that he's going to, he's going to not be able to try again. He's not going to have another chance. And I also wonder, is that a good thing? Because maybe he needs someone to, like I said, someone to, he needs to be part of a team and not have full control. He especially needs a scriptwriter. Somebody to help him write because, wow, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so bummed out. I'm so disappointed by this. I can't even explain to you how disappointed I was with this. Uh, the critics on this one were right. And, you know, a lot of people complain about his, his kind of the tones that he uses, the, the, like the dull coloring, like his color correction. And I, I actually like it. I think it's, I like his style. I like his visuals. But like I said, he just, just didn't deliver, sadly, on this one. So I'll watch the director's cut. I'll, I'll try Rebel Moon too, but wow, please, no more slow motion, for the love of God, please, no more. I can even handle the bad writing, but if you if you would just play these scenes out without the slow motion, it would have knocked off a few minutes off the move. There's so much slow motion, things hitting the ground in slow motion. When everything is in slow motion, it doesn't have the impact. It's use it sparingly it's not something to use every five minutes spread it out spread it out and speaking of and and charlie hunnam like i said is the standout for me in this one he's already dead (laughs) he's not coming back so it's hard to look forward to part two because the one character that i thought was was pretty cool 
and I felt like his moment at the end his his was earned. Like I thought, like okay, like we built to this moment. That's the only character that I felt like okay, this character feels like we're fleshed out a little bit. Other than his bad accent, he he always has a bad accent though, right? Unless it's his own accent. Um, he's gone, so it's like okay, all right. I see you, Zack Snyder. Please stop. Please stop. I, I hope someone goes in and helps him clean up the, the second one, make some changes because this isn't it. So solo episode this week. Um, <laughs> so it was a little painful. Next week we're talking uh, Blue Eye Samurai. We do have a couple of people signed up for that. If you would like to come by and join me on a on a Saturday Cinephile episode, check out our forums at pagechewing.com. Click the link for visit our forums. Register, and I will approve your membership. It does take me a day or so sometimes because I go through all the different applications to make sure that we you know, limit the amount of bots and trolls or whatever. But if you'd like to join me for one, or if you have a suggestion for a film, come by and, and uh, mention it. We have lots of films coming up. We have U-Turn by Oliver Stone, Vanilla Sky. We have, what else? The Killer. We have uh, a few other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. But come by and visit and uh, join us for one and I'd love to love to chat with you so until next week hopefully the next week's will be better <laughs> blue, blue eyes samurai has been has been pretty good I'm, I'm two three episodes in so yeah it's been much better and it's been I'm, I'm glad that it's been something enjoyable because this, this is bad so we will talk to everyone soon visit our forums if you'd like to chat with us thank you for listening and we will talk to you soon